You're listening to Builder Funnel Radio. This is the Building a Family Business Show with Wes and Brooks Powell. Let's dive in. The Powell family construction business has been around for over 110 years. Over that time, it's evolved and been through four generations of the Powell family. What started as a new construction business building spec homes in the Seattle area evolved to building communities, remodeling, building custom homes, and then getting involved with property management. Today, the business currently owns and operates two retirement and assisted living facilities, several apartment buildings, and does third-party property management in the Seattle area with about 750 total doors under management. Over the last several decades, Wes and Brooks have seen it all when it comes to business evolution, family dynamics in the construction industry. This is the show where I work to extract their knowledge and experiences to help you navigate family dynamics, among other things, in your construction business. Let's dive into the show. Hey guys, did you know that 72% of client unhappiness is directly attributed to a lack of communication during projects? The team over at BuildBook has solved that problem once and for all with a tool that keeps all the conversations and decisions between you, your team, and your clients in one place. Their simple, powerful app helps you create daily logs, schedule and manage your client tasks, keep track of selections, process change orders, and so much more. I met the BuildBook team in Vegas at IBS earlier this year, where they were chosen as a finalist for the most innovative construction tool of 2020, which is saying a lot considering how many tools are actually out there. If you're looking to remove the stress from your projects, make your clients happier, and increase your profits, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. There's absolutely no risk to try it. So go ahead and hit pause and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 to take advantage of the trial and score the 45% off. This deal isn't available anywhere else. So I recommend at least trying out the software. All right, let's dive into today's show. Hey guys, welcome back to Building a Family Business here on Builder Funnel Radio. Wes and Brooks are joining me as usual today. And yeah, how's it going, guys? Going great. Hey, thanks, man. Going pretty well, Spence. Good, good. We thought about hitting record about 30 minutes ago, but we just, I think, saved you guys from a lot of a lot of nonsense. So, <laughs> <A> lot of <laughs> nonsense. <laughs> yeah. but uh, the other day we were kind of talking about, I guess, just a cool opportunity that you guys had in college or around that time frame, and we were thinking about just family business and how how that relates to different opportunities or ways you can create opportunities. So, I guess that might be a good place to start, and we'll we'll dive into some more specifics. But maybe let's set the stage a little bit. What were you guys doing in college? And uh, I guess, how did that all all start in the, the building business? <laughs> uh, well, I guess I can start off, Brooks, and then you can just kind of fill in around the uh, where I'm missing yeah. stuff. And so I think, Spence, what you're referring to is that we, so there's five kids in our family. So you have, you know, uh, on our side of the family, you've got uh, two uncles, uh, three uncles, <laughs> three uncles and two aunts. And, I guess you uh, have two brothers. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, when we when I was a senior in high school and getting ready to go off to to college or think about going off to college, in our family anyway, in our building experience, I think we've talked about this on previous podcasts. Our our uh, 
uh, father had gone through a pretty rough 10 years after the Boeing shutdown, had a big development that had just launched. And, and so he was in a pretty big workout with his lending partners and so on over a 10-year period. And, and so as we're about year seven into that, that would be about the time I was ready to go off to college. I had two older sisters, one who had not gone off to college and one who had, had gone off to college. But uh, our parents sat, sat us down, and this would be 1977, I guess, 1977, and said, hey, guess what? There's really no more money. There isn't any money for college. Like, okay. And that's not probably an unusual conversation that families have. Like, hey, you know what? There's no money for college, or there's a little bit of money for college, and you're going to have to figure out a way through that. But what dad suggested and um, put forth before us, and of course, we said, Yes, because that's what you say. Yeah, sure. <laughs> is simply <laughs> that good, Dad. <laughs> uh, I said, "Hey, we know how to build houses." At that time, it's my older sisters, uh, Heidi and Lori, and myself. Said, "Why don't you guys start a partnership and build a house this summer? You can build a house, sell it, and make enough money to pay for a year of college." And so, like, okay, uh, we have no clue. You know, I'm a senior in high school. I've had all the usual jobs, like, uh, you know, working at the ice cream store and working at the uh, movie theater and all the other typical jobs that you get to do when your family is in business for themselves, such as scrapping lots and weeding flower beds and planter strips and things like that. Mulching was always my favorite. Mulching, yeah, mulching. So all those fun things that make you say, I will never be in this business. <laughs> we should probably have a little discussion about that at some point too, which is, you know, how do you bring your kids along and get them interested or see if there's an interest. So we wrote up a, a three-page partnership agreement for a little partnership called Puget Sound Builders. And dad went out and he found us a lot in a very modest neighborhood, nice flat lot. Uh, which was super helpful. And I think in that first case, he did help us get the building permit and helped us with the loan at the bank. So he so he helped provided us. a guarantee. Yeah, I'm he sure. probably provided a guarantee <laughs> for that loan. Now just remember this this house ended up selling for thirty nine thousand, so or thirty seven, somewhere in that range. So it kind of gives you a flavor for the time period. Uh, it was a little, you know, little rambler. And what we had to do, though, is he said, basically, hey, here's the plan. Here's your permit. Here's the lot. Uh, here's a, a carpenter named Dave. And uh, Dave's going to help you. You know, he's going <laughs> to teach you how to do this. And then he just kind of walked away. So we had to do our own books. So we had to set up our own accounting. Uh, so that was interesting. We had to learn how to schedule. Uh, we had to learn how to call subs. We had to, uh, Dave taught us how to frame the house. So we framed the house, we roofed the house, we sided the house, we painted the house, we set the forms. And uh, the things that we did not do in the inside, we didn't, uh, we didn't lay carpet, we didn't set cabinets, we didn't do any trim work. But really, to do all those things took us all, all summer <laughs> to do that. And the house wasn't quite finished when we uh, tootled off to school in the fall, but wrapped up pretty quickly and sold and uh, provided for that first year. So anyway, that was a great experience because it really allowed, that's the first time that I had experienced the business as a business instead of, oh, scrapping lots, 
cleaning out houses, you know, all those like, things that make you say, yuck, uh, I, don't, yeah. I don't want to do this. So it was an incredible education. I mean, to go off to college and have the people that you meet at college going, yeah, you know, I worked at the pool or I worked here. I did this. I did that. You know, well, I built a house, you know, and I'm like, well, that, that's pretty incredible. And so we just rolled that forward. The next summer we built three houses, I believe. And then one summer we did five and then Brooks came along. You know, so Heidi graduated from college. Lori went to college at uh, the same time that I did after uh, skipping a year. And so Brooks came along and, and joined the Puget Sound Builders. And then Todd came along and joined Puget Sound Builders, the partnership. And, and our older sisters rolled off and, and then we built more houses. So that went all the way through our college years and really gave us a firm foundation in the building business. It was I think it went from 77 to 83, 84. It was pretty much done by the time I got halfway through school. And by then you Wes, you had gone to work for dad in the construction business and yeah. We ended up Yeah, that's that's probably right. But you did get that full exposure to to building houses. And I think it works probably for you. You're like, okay, great. You know, I'd like to build houses. I get out of college. Well, it, was, it was our opportunity to go to college. So you, yeah. you were interested in going to college. Then, right. Um, the, uh, if you're interested in going to college and that's what you, what you did. And uh, I think the the, as we talk about family business, you know, the family business, building a family business, is if you're if you're running your own business, what's important about this story is what are the opportunities you can create for if you have children that are going to what are the opportunities you can create for them in your business, whatever kind of business it is, whether it's construction or and I think that was a critical piece that was you know given to us, which is you know what are those opportunities and and it may be for our listeners some are like just trying to get going in business. I can't even conceive of what, you know, providing this opportunity or if I'd be able to, or if my kids are, you know, my kids are three and five. So this just seems way off. So there's, I think, lessons from it that you can learn, which are maybe there's someone who would be willing to help you working on your business, because that's really what that was. I mean, in this case, it was our parents, you know, giving us that leg up. But I really think there's lots of people in your community, people that you interact with, they're willing to help. And it's being willing to ask and say, gee, would you help me with this? I'm trying to do a, a better job with my business or I'm trying to grow my business. And I think it's just, I mean, so many people have helped me in my career where all you did is ask and like, oh yeah, I'd be glad to help. And, and that's really, it, in this situation with this opportunity with Puget Sound Builders and, and building houses, that was a situation where, our parents were very willing to help give us that opportunity, which we're very grateful for. And it's been, you know, a big part of our careers. But even if you don't have that coming from your parents or a sibling, there's there's people there that will help. And it's just opening your I think that's looking back at it now. I mean, we were lucky enough to have that opportunity uh, really given to us. But looking back, it's like, well, over our my career, it's like a, if I just asked more for help. And so, you know, there's lots of people that have, have really been helpful that are willing to, to give. I mean, just, so I think it's just an interesting thing to think about as you're yeah. just thinking about your own, everyone thinks about their own family business. Yeah. And I think um, I like that point, Brooks. 
I think when we wear our parenting hats, you know, if you're wearing your parenting hat, that since you do have this thing that's, you know, your business, you can use that business as a great way to help your kids develop, I would call adult job skills, <laughs> you know, because we do, we all, you know, everyone has those, you know, the paper route, all those kinds of things that you do that that are all super valuable for when you're raising your kids to instilling them a work ethic and working for somebody else and showing up on time and doing a good job and all those types of things. But at some point, because you have a business, you may be able to provide opportunities that allow them to develop some of those higher skills that would be going uh, would that you would see in a job that would be more of a permanent type of job or moving into a, into a career. So I just, I urge everybody, if you're having your kids work in the business, but you only let them do the things that you're going, okay, well, you know, here, you get to do all the unskilled labor stuff that I don't want to do. Um, so for instance, you know, we had a direct mail company that we bought from my wife's parents. And so she has many memories growing up as a kid working in that business. And it was, okay, well, we're stepping envelopes and doing all those types of things and doing all, all the work to get the job out the door. But it didn't have anything at all to do with how does this business work? So if you never provide that, then there's really no interest in that business because all you see is the, uh, you know, the less fun parts of that, that business. As you guys were talking about this story of, you know, Puget Sound Builders, two things that stand out. One is, you know, your dad kind of getting creative and being entrepreneurial and saying, okay, we have limited funds for college. So how can I create an opportunity. And I think as entrepreneurs and business owners, you you can always find there's a creative solution somewhere. And I really like that part of it. It's very it's a creative way to solve that problem. But then it's also the other thing I really like about it is I like win-win deals or win-win-win deals. And in this case, that felt like one of those as well. So it was a win for you guys, got to go to college, but you also got real, you know, experience, like you said, kind of higher income skills versus lower income skills. And then it was a win for maybe the business or a win for solving the problem, you know, having the business hat on or the dad hat on and saying, okay, we can do this. And so like everybody won. And I think you can look at, so I like the put your, you know, entrepreneur hat on, get creative when you're trying to find a solution, but then look for the the win-win opportunities because oftentimes you can step out of a scenario and everybody moves ahead. So anyway, just want to jump in with those. Yeah, no, that's a great point, Spence. And even if, if as entrepreneurs, people think, well, you know, they understand, maybe just understand enough about how to start a business or run a business. I had friends of mine that they would help their kids set up a lawn mowing business. You know, and all you really provided was just that, that impetus to say, Hey, here's an opportunity to, to mow lawns over the summer and, you know, we can buy a lawnmower and you can pay me $10 a week to buy that loan. You know, and I've had friends who they would uh, get their kids started and some had real aptitude for it. And they'd end up with a whole lawn mowing business. They ran all the way through high school, you know, junior high, high school, college. One guy even sold his business. You know, <laughs> that great, that's awesome. He really had that, you know, he was, uh, you know, as even as a young person at that knack, that entrepreneurial drive. And so he's like, Oh, 
yeah, I see how this works. And all of a sudden he had three or four guys working for him. And so I think even if your business, if you feel like your business doesn't lend itself to bringing your kids in or having them work in it at a younger age, there's opportunities to take that entrepreneurial business sense and maybe create other opportunities for your kids to do different things. You know, Brooks, as you're saying that, I was thinking about the family dinner around the dinner table and you're talking about your day and talking about work and whatever it happens to be. But you can take those opportunities, like you said, even if you don't have a job for your son or daughter in the business or they're not doing something for the business right now, let's say that they are you know, working at the ice cream shop or they're mowing lawns, you can take that lawn mowing business and say, you can, what I'm trying to get to is try to put it in a bigger context or a bigger picture. So instead of saying, well, you can go out and mow lawns and you can make 10 bucks for mowing a lawn. So go out and do that. You can, you can sit down with your, with your son or daughter and go, okay, well, let's talk about how that looks in a business plan. Let's talk about how, how are you going to track whether you're really making money or not, whether this lawn mowing thing is a good thing. Okay. Well, what's a basic, profit and loss look like? Oh, well, what's, you know, what's the revenue? Oh, I have to mow. I mowed this month. I mowed 50 lawns at, you know, 20 bucks a lawn. So what's that? $2,000. (laughs) 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 So a thousand bucks, you know, well, let's write that down, Johnny, you know, that's your revenue. Oh, how much time did you spend? You know, how many hours? What did you have for supplies? Oh, here are your hard costs. So you can use any you can use any job as this opportunity as a teaching moment to kind of take it up to another level, and that just helps expand expand their thought about what's possible in the world. And I, for me, Puget Sound Builders really did that because we never talked about my other jobs, you know, around the table or anything like that. In fact, we really didn't talk about the building business at all around our table growing up. But all of a sudden, we're like oh, we're actually in this business, we're running this business, and we're figuring this out. And it just kind of like was blinders off. It's like, oh, this isn't okay. Well, the interesting thing too is you can also, you know, any jobs, as you you mentioned that, Wes, any jobs that, that your kids have, you can talk about the business of the job they're in. That's right. And I think that's always the interesting thing is, you know, I was always asking, the kids would go, well, how do you think this business is making money? Mm-hmm. And then we would have that discussion. Even if you're just working, slinging ice cream or working at the movie theater or you know, how, how is this business making money and talking about that. And so even if you're not able to create that opportunity to work for your business or something, you can still, you know, impart that education about how you make money in business. Because for, for some folks, they, they, they there may not be a, possibility of growing the business to that size where they can bring their kids into the business, but there's still a lot of teachable moments. That's right. Yeah. If they can learn that skill, Brooks, I think of just as you said, which is, hey, asking that question over and over and over, how does that business make money and causing, having that conversation, making them think about that and go, okay, then if I know how this business makes money, then I know how to add value to that business. So now as an employee, I can figure out a path that I can really help. And that's, yeah, that's going to help my career path. It's going to help yeah. my earning potential, whether I ever own my own business or not. Right. You know, 
do they teach this stuff in school? Adding value, stuff like this? Yeah. <laughs> well, they do in college, depending on, you know, if you get into a good business department at college, I don't know, certainly not my high school experience. And, no, and I think that's part of the challenge. So you're, you know, really some of this stuff can start very early in, you know, elementary school, junior high, mm-hmm. high school, you know, because depending on, you know, the, the relationship you have with your kids, you know, they might be checking out by the time they're 16 and they're not really hearing what you're saying. And uh, they may not come back till they're 40. You never know. You got to get Carter going now then. Your point, Wes, about adding value is a very good one in that, yeah, passing that on, which is how can you as an employee, if you may or may not you know, be interested in owning your own business, but you might work for a bigger company, the, that understanding of how business works and how profit is made and you can bring that to your position. Those are the things that are going to keep you in a job when there's layoffs and there's recessions. Because if you can really show that you and show to management and the higher ups, however big the company is, that oh, this this person really understands how we make money here. And I think it's it's it makes a huge difference because if you're if management understands like, oh, you know, this guy really this person really understands you know, how we make money, then they're going to be the person that stays. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. And, and so I wanted to come back to that win-win or win-win-win thing right yeah. before. I just thought of a kind of a small example of that. So, you know, when, uh, well, when your younger brother, Blake, right, got out of college and he was looking for work and um, started looking, he had the usual jobs, you know, working as a busser, those types of things delivering pizza. So college education, great job market. Yeah, not, not so great. And so, yeah. (laughs) And so uh, if you remember, you were starting builder funnel, it wasn't called builder funnel, but we were working on the whole inbound marketing concept and starting to develop that. So we said to Blake said, Hey, why don't you come on? It's easier to find a job if you have a job. So why don't you come on and, sell, just do cold call prospecting and call, get on the phone and we'll provide you with some sales training and some practice and all of that. And then you'll develop some valuable skills. It'll help the company because we need this work done. It's not forever if you don't want it to be. And so he came in, did a great job and did a lot of dialing for dollars and, and learned the sales process and how to do that. We learned a lot about the sales process as well when he was doing it. And then he got to a point where he said, well, you know what? I don't think this is going to be my long-term you know, strategy, what I want to do. And we said, great. Then why don't you just go part-time, spend half your time looking for another job? And that's what he did. He got a great job in sales, amazingly enough. <laughs> so that worked out really well. But it was a win-win because there was a need in the company and he needed some help and some skill development and you're able to give him a leg up. So you may have opportunities in your own business for your kids where it's transitional and they're yeah. not, they're, they're not going, well, if you come to work for me, you know, you're taking over the business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, it's uh, you're in or you're out. He's like, no, you know, come in, but let's have a strategy and a plan. We recognize what we're trying to do here. You know, if we can get these skills in place for you, that's going to help you. If you can do this for us, it's going to help the company. And 
everyone walks away winning. If you've followed Builder Funnel for even a little bit, you know we're huge believers in the inbound marketing methodology. One of the most important phases is the client delight phase. By delighting customers, you turn them into promoters of your business and your brand. The only way to get people to go out of their way to sing your praises is to wow them throughout the process. This is something the guys over at BillBook are helping you do. Better communication leads to better outcomes. And that means communication at every level. Daily logs, client selections, punch lists, and change orders. Today, that communication gets super fragmented between email, text, and phone calls. And inevitably, things fall through the cracks. With BuildBook, everything funnels through one simple app, keeping everyone on the same page and your clients filled with delight. No more digging through texts or random emails looking for client approvals. Just one place to see everything going on with a project. And as a reminder, they're offering a special deal to all Builder Funnel Radio listeners. Hit pause right now and text BUILDBOOK to 33777 for a free trial of the software plus 45% off the first year. All right, let's get back to the show. You know, listening to you guys talk about the different examples, I think that's another good one. You know, there's different ways to structure it. So you could do something purely commission-based, which it sounds like building homes was, right? You know, it wasn't like you guys were getting paid by the hour or maybe you were, but yeah, no, (laughs) it was go build the homes and then you get the money comes in when you sell it and then that will pay for college. So that that's an opportunity or you can do it just purely, Hey, there's this internship opportunity or part-time opportunity. And, and the goal is just building skills. So you're, Hey, there's no payment here, but you're building real skills and it might lever you into that next job or something that you're trying to get into, or you could do an hourly and, and work it out. So for people listening, they're going, Oh, I, I couldn't afford to pay for something. You know, there's other ways. And if it is family, a lot of time, what you're trying to do is help, that, you know, that person build skills and put themselves in a better spot. And that better spot could look very different depending on what they're trying to do. But I know you guys have put together several internships over the years for family, different people, I guess, is there, I'm curious how you guys approached creating those internships where the idea came from and what have you learned that if somebody's kind of going, okay, I want to maybe provide some opportunities to family members or whoever, is there a good way to approach that Brooks? I would, the way we approached it is that we, in our business, there was, uh, you know, partners with my brother, Todd and our wives, Heather, Julie. And so we approached it that, Hey, anybody who was interested, whether it could be, uh, you know, son or daughter or niece or nephew, anybody interested, you know, we had, we were willing to put together some kind of internship in the summer or whenever. And so I'm not sure, I can't quite remember how many people ended up working for us, but probably 10 different situations where people would come work in the summer. And so we would create, based on the need that each year we'd say, oh, well, we have these needs. It's something we don't have time to do in the business, but it's something we're, we think needs to be done. So one year, my son, our oldest son, he wrote a book because we needed a book on how to build a custom home. 
So he wrote a book, you know. So I remember that book. I've got yeah. one on the shelf over here. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was yeah, a good so one. I guess we had done one on how to build a custom home, and then we needed one. We we're going in the renovation business. We thought it was a great tool. So we wrote one on how to how to renovate a home. So he over the summer wrote that book and, and he's a mechanical engineer. But he figured <laughs> that all out and did that because that was our need. And um, we couldn't afford to pay, you know, someone to ghostwrite a book. So he dug in and he needed a job and we needed it done. And it was probably a miserable summer for him. But, <laughs> but you know what? There's not many mechanical engineers that can say they've written a book. But yeah. did, go, yeah, did go on his resume. Yeah. And it was a conversation point when he then moved on in his last two years of college, you know, did internships for a mechanical engineering company. And, and those yeah. engineers, they need good communicators. So that probably was a real differentiator. I think it was helpful, but we went through that every year and would come up with different, a different plan. Another summer, we had a daughter who wrote our accounting procedures manual because she was, you know, she was an accounting major. So that worked beautifully. So those are a couple examples from, you know. Yeah, I remember I I interned and I think you had just purchased a sales system or something. And so it was like figuring out the whole flow of it and what are all the stages and follow-up procedures. And yeah, so it seems like you used internships to knock out kind of projects. Like, hey, this project, it would take me a while. I'd really have to get my head into it. But if you've got three months to kind of work your way through it, then, you know, you come out the other side and you've got that you know, in place. Yeah. And probably, I don't know. Yeah. Spence for your situation, you probably showed up the first day and said, well, Hmm, this could be a terrible three months, but well, you made up for it with all the taco time runs for lunch. That's exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> Can't go wrong with taco time. Yeah. I think that idea of a project based internship is a, yeah. is a good one because the intern comes out of it with a sense of, pride and accomplishment that they finish something versus the kind of internship where you just go in and, Oh, I'm working in this department and you just, you're there. And I remember doing an internship like that where just you're not really doing anything or accomplishing anything. You don't feel that way anyway for the company. So you don't come away with as much learning. So I I really like that project idea. Uh, Spence, did you do any other internships besides that? I remember, um, I did one for you, so I'm glad you remembered that one. Yeah, No, I didn't remember that. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was one where it was what you were kind of describing. I bounced around. I think I spent a week in each department, oh, right. and I would kind of shadow the manager in, in that department. And, yeah, I feel like that gives you a little overview of, you know, different areas, but you don't dive super deep. Yeah. And so you, you get some context as to the different parts of the business, but then, yeah, pro- I don't think I walked away with completing any big projects or anything like that. Oh, you yeah, can- I think I, I modeled that internship after one that I did in college where I was working for a nonprofit and I worked through the different departments and probably not the best model, right? You know, it, I mean, it's, it's too, too surfacy and you don't get down in the weeds enough. I think a good internship allows people to get down in the weeds and really understand a little bit more how it works. But then every once in a while, you you pull way up and look at how that fits into the bigger picture. So someone has to be whoever's running the internship or something has to provide that context, I think, at some point. Just to give you an idea of how many different types of weird little internships you can do, 
So Spencer's, you know, your younger sister, Casey, when she was in her going into her senior year in college, I took two years off and went to teach in a business in the business department at our alma mater, Principia College. And that's where Casey was attending. And I had to develop a class and called Integrated Principles of Business or something. And so I had a summer to develop that class. And so I dragged Casey in and said, well, you're a student. I need you to help me with this class. I need you to help me organize this class. I need you to give me feedback on the exercises. You know, I need feedback. And so she did a terrific job of organizing me and giving me good feedback on everything that I wrote. And then luckily it turned out later, we didn't know what happened, but she ended up being a teacher's assistant in that class. And so then she could see the results of all the work that she had done on the front end to help me put the class together. And I think she found that pretty helpful, but, you know, kind of an oddball sort of internship. So you can really do just about anything to to come up with an internship. That was a great example. I'd forgotten all about uh, Casey doing that. that Now I remember, oh yeah, that's right. She did do that. I think even if your business is starting out and you're you're thinking, well, these are great ideas, but I don't have any of these opportunities just because you're scrapping to get, you know, to make it. Try to be open to anybody you interact with, your vendors, trades, suppliers, that they have opportunities where they would be willing. It's just asking that question and saying, you're not saying, hey, I'm looking for a job for one of my kids or a nephew or a niece. It's, you know, hey, do you guys have something you need to get done that you really can't afford to get done? And everybody has that. Everybody can sit down and think about, yeah, I've got something I need to get done that I'm willing to pay someone, you know, a lower wage so they can learn or even, you know, a higher wage, but I just need someone to do it. And I don't know who to ask. And, you know, if I had to ask a professional, it might be a $20,000 thing and I just can't afford that. You know, it's like Spencer, when you made that internship for us, I couldn't afford a $50,000 sales system, but I could afford to hire someone smart like you to say, okay, hey, figure this out for me. And he's at a point where he, he really would work for Taco Time. I know it yeah. turned out. Yeah, I mean, I didn't realize it would work just for talk of time. Otherwise, I would. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, hey, you're going to house me and you're going to feed me. Like, we're good. Let's let's yeah. roll. <laughs> I, think I was just thinking about that. Thinking about yeah, you know, yeah, work for lodging or for transportation. One time, we had a a nephew who needed a job in high school, and he and he just needed a place to be at that point, and uh, but he didn't have transportation, so we ended up buying a three thousand dollar beater truck that he could get back and forth to his house from I and mean, we were able to afford to do that so that was a great thing and he ended up just working construction that summer scrapping lots or doing whatever but it was a I'll have to go back and ask him whether he thought it was a great transition or not but that was an opportunity we were able to provide that was out of nowhere which was just like oh you know we can do that and we probably could have provided more guidance I'm sure you know at the time but you're uh you know you're scrambling around trying to run your business so it's all, in retrospect, you're like, well, yeah, I should have done more, could have done more. But anyway, but, so there's, there is different opportunities you don't even think about. Yeah. And you guys have been on kind of both sides of the equation. And I guess I don't know, you probably wouldn't call Puget Sound Builders a uh, internship, but it was an opportunity, you know. And so I, I'm curious, as you guys kind of think back, being on, on both sides, either creating the opportunity or being given the opportunity, whatever that looked like. Is there a good way, just like a framework or kind of some general concepts or thoughts for people to think through how to 
create or look for those opportunities? We've listed a, a bunch of examples, but you know, is there a way to set these up so that they are kind of that win-win that we're all looking for? I don't know if there's a particular, you know, most of the ones that we've done have been pretty organic. They just, you know, like, okay, there's a need, but I guess one way you could maybe do it is, is sit down there and take the old white sheet of paper and draw a line down the middle of it and write the person that you're thinking about for that internship or opportunity on the left side and put your business on the right side. And then on the right side, just make a list of all the things that you need in your business, things that have to be done or has to be taken care of. And then on the left side, just from your observation, and you could even discuss this with the person you're thinking about, if it's your son or daughter, uh, niece or nephew, and go, what are the things I think that person needs to learn or a skill that they need to develop or a list of skills? And what do they think that they need to develop? And then look at that and see if you can connect up any of those things from one side of the sheet to the other, thinking creatively and come up with a, a program. I, I really like your thing about the win-win, Spencer. I, I, yeah, I think if you approach idea. those internships and jobs that way, then it's going to be a super positive experience versus that, oh, I just need, I need some help. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the kids and <laughs> they have to work in the business. <laughs> yeah. Brooks, you have any thoughts it's on that? that? It's, it's the, it's like Wes was saying, you can, you, you can do the, the make the, the T-bar, you know, the, the person's name and then what the business needs. You can also, you know, back it up and step and say, well, what do I, what am I hoping to teach, you know, these young people coming up? What am I, you know, and that can go back to your own experience. Well, what do I wish I had learned more of when I was, you know, had some opportunities? What, so what more could I do? And, and then you could see how that applies to what your business needs are and what the needs of that individual are and see what comes out of that. I mean, it's, as we were having this discussion, I just think of, oh man, there's so much more I could have done, but you're, when you're in the midst of it, you're just scrambling. And so I think that's the, the, the message is, Hey, we're all scrambling to make a living. So it's taking that 10 or 15 minutes and saying, gee, what's, what would be helpful for the business? What would be ha- helpful for my family? What would, what's the kind of training I'm trying to provide and, you know, and then trying to get those all to come together. I think, you know, try to provide as much challenge as possible without <laughs> breaking that person. You know, I mean, you want right. them to be successful, but you want them to feel, uh, I, I keep using the word press. That's not the right word. Maybe I said a better one, but I, I give you an example. So I, I had a terrible fear of the phone, you know, growing up. I didn't want to call people. You know, if, if my mother said, Oh gosh, you know, you need to call so and so and order this or talk to them about that. You know, I could not do, you know, stare at the phone and not pick it up. But with Puget Sound Builders, you know, we had to call lots of people. And I think my sisters also were not too hip on using the phone. And so we'd all just sit around, stare at the phone, and we would rotate around who had to make the call. Roll the <laughs> dice. Watch okay. the other person make the call. Okay, yeah. you're going to call the roofer. You know, so, hey, I need to get a you know a roof installed in this house. And you go, well, uh, how many squares do you need? Like, uh, <laughs> what what's what's a square? <laughs> so it just it really forced you out of your comfort zone and, and helped you do some adult things. And so I look back on those things fondly, and they really did help me quite a bit. <laughs> I look back on that terror so fondly. Yeah, right. You know, I look back at that fondly now. You know, forty two years later. <laughs> yeah. 
It's true. But I mean, those growth experiences are always the ones that are the most satisfying. You know, you go through a challenge, you overcome it, and then you, you come out on the other side and you go, oh, it wasn't so bad. Or now you're just more comfortable with it. So then it, it really isn't so bad anymore. And the, the pain disappears pretty quickly. Or you come out on the other side and you're like, yeah, it was terrible. It continues to be terrible, but I can do it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. I mean, but you're really looking to be a hermit crab, right? And shed that shell and keep growing into a bigger shell and a bigger shell and a bigger shell. And so I, I think that's a good thing to look at and is once again, what what can that student or you know child learn and really help them be successful later? And and, and this is something you, you know you can do for anybody. Mm-hmm. That's right. Anybody. You know, we did, we had programs in our, in our business where we would reach out to the high schools and, and, and kids who are trying to go through trade school or learn about businesses. And we, we get all these different programs. You can link up with your high school or your junior high and they want to have kids come in and see what, how it works. And so even if you don't have kids or there's not, you know, your kids are grown and got, I mean, there's so many opportunities to help other people learn about business and learn. So there's all, there's all different ways to do that for sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because we're actually just ramping up kind of a full-time internship program where we're going to have interns that come in for three months. We'll probably have one or two active all the time. And then they're working on our own company stuff, kind of yeah. learning, you're experimenting, you're doing you know things that you didn't have time for. And then as the company grows, you look for those people that are superstars and you go, great, let's pull them into full-time. And so I think you know, looking at it as just a project basis, like, hey, I'm going to do an internship for three months. It's going to be this win-win environment is a good place to start. But I think you can take that vision and expand it too and just say, hey, this could actually be a great way to find talent for my team as I grow the company. And if it doesn't work out or you're not in a position to hire, it's an easy way to kind of and you, test and, and, and everyone still walks away. What's that? You did a great thing for them. That totally. Yeah. 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 And that's why we tried to push it down into the high school level because there's just so little vocational training around business and things like that, that, you know, there aren't any of those classes anymore. So you can get into the DECA programs or any of kind of the, the trade based programs and just provide those opportunities to get out and see businesses. So the high schools have them and it's a great way to, to definitely give back. You'll get some benefit, but mostly you're, helping those kids figure stuff out and come from very diverse backgrounds. Yeah. Yeah. Super, super good point. And uh, I know we're running out of time here, guys. So maybe let's wrap with a couple final thoughts on, you know, creating opportunities in a family business. What would be maybe some final takeaways for listeners or just parting words of wisdom, Wes? I guess I, I, I go back to what you said, Spencer. I really enjoyed that thought of, trying to come up with things that are win-win or win-win-win, you know, so I always look at it from that lens. And then I, and I, once again, look at what skills that you think you'd like to see developed or what, whatever your, your son or daughter or whoever you're thinking about, what, what kind of skills do they really need to develop to be successful in life? And is there something that can help you that will help them to get those skills in place? I'd agree, Wes. I think the, regardless of who you're helping, you know, we all can look back and say, gee, I wish I had learned more of that, or I wish I had learned more of this. And, and taking those 
life experiences and put them, putting them together and saying, gee, this is, these are all the things that I think are really important for someone to learn and work it into your program. And, you know, you're going to get something good out of it uh, no matter what. And that individuals, you know, hopefully will come out of that with, you know, they'll, they'll have a come out of it with a love for what they did or, you know, they, a, a strong dislike and that, but that will help them. <laughs> You know, yeah, either is helpful. Yeah. And I think one, helpful, for sure. yeah. I think one requirement is you always have to make them write an essay at the end of the summer going, you know, what I did this summer. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I would recommend that you, that you always pay. Yes. Pay something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is not working for free. This is your, there's an exchange and that's a helpful learning tool, which is, yeah. this is, I'm getting paid to do this work and that's what this and, and make it what it's worth. Yeah. Providing value. Yeah. Providing value. Cool. Cool. Well, good, good advice. And yeah, thank you guys. And thanks everybody for listening. If you have any uh, topics you want us to ramble on about, go ahead and send us an email over at radio at builderfunnel.com. But hopefully this has been helpful and kind of inspired you guys to get out there and maybe look for these opportunities and get creative, think outside the box a little bit. And we will see you next week on building family business here on builder funnel radio. 